Hello everyone, I'm Deborah Jermaine Augustine, New Narrative's Membership Engagement Manager. This week, we're talking about the Kuala Langat North Forest Reserve in Malaysia. It's an area that has an important role to play in conserving biodiversity. It's home to rare species such as the Malayan sun bear, the Slango pygmy flying squirrel, and the rare Langat red fighting fish. For the local Orang Asli or indigenous people, particularly the Temuan community, this has been their home for more than 150 years. So why has the Slango state government proposed to degazette 930.93 hectares, or 97% of the forest reserve, for a mixed development project? There is a lot for us to unpack, and perhaps to most, this is just another environmental story to scroll past. But it's not. An entire way of life will be directly impacted by the removal of this peat swamp forest. The underreported story of the North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve are those of the Orang Asli Temuan communities, who rely on this forest both to survive and for its religious and spiritual significance. On today's episode of Southeast Asian Dispatches, I speak to Shak Koyo, a contemporary artist from the Temuan community. If you enjoy what we're doing, please do support our work by becoming a member of New Narrative at newnarrative.com slash join. Memberships start at just 52 US dollars a year, that's just one US dollar a week. Or you can donate at newnarrative.com slash donate. And check out our website at newnarrative.com for more stories from Southeast Asia. And now, here's my conversation with Shark. Shark, could you introduce yourself to our listeners and what you do? Hello, uh, my name is Shark Koyo. I'm a, a contemporary artist from indigenous Taiwan people. And what I do, I mo- most of my work is I, I produce uh, visual work um, based on the, the issue that happening, especially uh, in issue of indigenous people, involving indigenous people. And uh, I will produce a work based on that. Uh, I'm also uh, an activist for indigenous people of Malaysia. Basically, many things that I, I can support uh, indigenous people, I will give the support. And uh, another thing, I become uh, advocate for indigenous people right and also indigenous people land right. And uh, that's actually translate to my artwork. And my artwork also contain that kind of message of indigenous people right and indigenous people land right. Fantastic. And and your your visual art as well, it combines um, contemporary painting with your traditional cultural background as a Temuan person as well, right? Correct, yeah. That's, um, for me, advocacy and my activism work is also a part of my life and then I want to share it. And then that's actually reflect to to the visual work I, I did. And that's, that's, I think it's quite important for me as artist. Also, it's important for, for me as a person to share those uh, information as well, those uh, knowledge. I, I've learned so much just like from looking at your work and, and I, I really love it. Um, and so you're a member of the Defend the North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve Coalition, which is a coalition of concerned citizens from diverse backgrounds um, who are working to save the, as the name suggests, the North Kuala Langat Forest Reserve. So right now, the Selangor government is going to, is planning, is proposing to degazette the forest, which means they'll take away its status as a forest reserve. And your coalition says that's going to have a devastating impact on the environment. But unfortunately, this issue hasn't really gotten the attention it deserves. 
So for anyone listening in who might be hearing about this for the first time, and also perhaps for our non-Malaysian listeners, can you very quickly go through why it's important to save the forest? Uh, first of all, uh, this area is actually, it's actually it's the same area as my village. And this is where my, uh, my childhood uh, memories, and this is where uh, I used to go when I was, even, even now, if I come, come back to my village, I will visit to this forest and you know, to see the beauty of it. And most importantly, this, this forest actually is a customary land of my people near, near uh, Kuala Langit area. This village, uh, this uh, forest is, uh, uh, sort of provide food for the community of indigenous people around the area as well. It's not just for my uh, village. And uh, there's other uh, five more villages already. Uh, they have a link and uh, so uh, interconnected between each other. And we always go to this forest to find um, stuff that uh, we cannot uh, buy in, uh, in the shops. For example, you know, traditional medicines, and also, you know, um, building material for our uh, home, and also it's a place for us to reconnect to our ancestor, because uh, in this forest also it contain uh, a graveyard of uh, our ancestor, our relative, uh, because um, our uh, community used to uh, uh, have a village there before we moved to this area. So, it's because uh, the environment reasons, and we we move, and and we still uh, go to this uh, forest almost every day. And show during the COVID nineteen pandemic and the first lockdown in Malaysia, that's my community near that forest. Uh, they are basically are depend and depending on this forest to provide them food because so many indigenous people near my area. Uh, they lost their job, they lost their source of income. Uh, and then they, when they have no money, they, 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 they cannot buy any food. And uh, this forest is providing food. And I saw so many community went there to find food, for example. Uh, this forest contains a lot of fish. Um, because uh, this, is, this is not, this is not a, a, a typical uh, Malaysian uh, rainforest. This is a pit forest. Pit forest is a swamp. And, and with this swamp, it contains a lot of fish in there. And, and, and they also have a lot of uh, wild vegetables, also so many uh, food you can find. And then, and that's actually uh, it's a lifeline for Oransli near Kuala Langat. And without them, I don't know how the Oransli, someone will survive during the pandemic. And because it's Selangor area itself, we surrounded with so many uh, concrete building development project in you know, a city town being built and then with no many uh, forests left so it's you know you are actually in a in a quite um, urban area and um, this is sort of like a a rarity in Selangor in the the state as a whole like having this much green space is becoming more and more rare Exactly. It, it, it becomes more rare because this is pit forest. Uh, it's, it's, in Selangor, we have only two areas that have this pit forest. And, and this pit forest also contains a lot of wildlife that quite specialized on this area only. And, and so many wildlife, I, I, 
uh, here is a uh, you can find in this forest is actually uh, sun bay. You can have we have uh, slurries and uh, pygmy flying squirrel, langan beta fish as well, and and so many different type of insects uh, and birds and also fish. And also, uh, uh, the, uh, the pit forest has contained a lot of carbon in their soil. When, when, when the carbon and the soil have uh, been released to the atmosphere, it will have a really big impact on our planet. And, you know, it will contribute to the uh, carbon emission, also contribute to the global warming, so the whole planet. It's just more than 100 hectare forest to contain at least like five million cubic meter of carbon contained in the soil. So when they try to deforest it, it will just release the carbon to the atmosphere. That will, uh, I'm afraid I would say this, uh, will we and our country will end up have so much natural disaster like flood and heavy rain and so on. Because, you know, eventually uh, nature will, will answer back or take back so we may or not believe if we have no forests left. You know, it's it's not just that we we need to set a good example for our future children. You know. And so you said earlier it's um it's different than other types of forests in Malaysia because it's a peat swamp, right? What's so special about a peat swamp versus like a typical rainforest? Peat swamp, uh, you cannot uh replant, you cannot recreate peat swamp. Uh, a forest been found, have been uh, developed for many, many uh, thousand years. If if you uh, if you dig further, it's actually it contain uh, fossil that show that that area uh, used to be a uh, part of ocean. So if you lost this, you cannot even uh, replace it with a, a, a new pit swamp. It's not no such a thing. New pit swamp. It's totally different the forest. If you just have forest like we have in the, our uh, rainforest and near the hill area, you actually can plant the the the, the trees there, and the, the environment will be back to normal. But the pit pit swamp is quite unique. I mean, you cannot just uh, uh, do, uh, <laughs> recreate the pit swamp. I, I don't think that's a pit swamp. Right. Also, the, 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 the animal, the, the, the wildlife live in it, so you cannot even replace it. If you lost, it will be lost forever. Mm-hmm. You, need, you need to think about that. So it's, yeah, it's one of a kind. You can't replant it like other forests. Um, yeah, because it, it's a, a naturally occurring peat swamp. And, you know, earlier you mentioned that during the first lockdown in Malaysia, um, people in your community were depending on it for food, right? So it's um, so it's significantly important to the, the local um, Orang Asli or indigenous community, specifically your, the Muan community. How did your community first learn about the plans for degazettement? Oh, uh, uh, it's, quite, uh, it's quite mad and quite crazy to, uh, to, to think about it because we, we, don't, we don't receive any notification or any consultation from any uh, authorities and we only noticed it on the newspaper on the newspaper advertisement can you believe that we are the, we are the traditional owner of the land and we don't get any any uh, notification whatsoever from the any parties 
the only thing we found out is in the newspaper. It's like uh, your home, and suddenly uh, your your home will be gone in next month, but you don't know about it because they only advertise it in the newspaper. Can you imagine? <laughs> you end up with living with no home next month, just like that. Right. So it's very devious. I was is a strong word, but actually it's quite it's a very devious attempt by the uh, government, and <laughs> and it's 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 show that they don't have respect to the indigenous people that live their area that are a traditional owner of that land. Mm-hmm. It's a shocking. Yeah, I I think that is quite shocking. As you said, it's um it's where you live, and you weren't told that there was going to be development in the area. Um, could you tell us what the Kuala Langat Forest Reserve means to you and your community? Well, it's, it's, it's mean a lot than just uh, forests. For us, it's, it's a place for our ancestors rest and a place where our story began. And that's, that's, that's uh, more than just a physical meaning. It's a more spiritual for indigenous people in, in my area it's a it's a part of our religion that we respect the nature it's a part of our religion if we take more than we need spirit of the nature will take back and that's our simple uh, rule that in our religion that we we have to respect the mother nature because mother nature that create us we cannot we cannot recreate the mother nature so and, and another thing, uh, every once a year we celebrate uh, Hari Moyang, and Hari Moyang is a symbolic celebration and a quite sacred celebration that we say thank you to our ancestor, and our ancestor are the one to, who give us life today. And and, that, and if we allow this forest to destroy. We, our belief will be gone, our religion will be sacrificed as well because the forest is part of our life and it's a life, you know, it's a life and blood for us in, in many, many situations. And um, it's also will destroy our, our life, our spiritual, our livelihood totally. It will just, you know, I just, I just afraid that. Uh, our identity as indigenous people will be perished in this country if this happens. Because this is not going to stop, I'm sure. And because people are so eager, want to fulfill their greed and fulfill their, their personal life, rather than thinking about environment and also other people. And that will continue to other places. So. Like I said earlier, I think uh, we need to set a good example for our future children because mm-hmm. they are in our hand. If we took the wrong turn, if we took the wrong decision, it will impact our future and our generation. Yeah, and I think so. You know, you said there's a graveyard um, in in the in the forest reserve. Has the government said what they plan to do if the development happens? Like, how will the graveyard be affected? First of all, they don't even uh, notice it. And, and second of all, they never have any consultation with the community whatsoever. That's to make it really, I don't know, it's like 
it's like the Indian people live there. It's not easy. Almost their right. It's like we don't have any right to to speak. You know, that's even I don't I don't understand the mentality. I don't understand how they can just do that on the on the people who who live there for generation. And that that's actually our history. The graveyard is our history. Without them, we don't know our history, and they just. So heartbreaking for me and then for the whole community to know that government doesn't even think about the people who live there, doesn't even acknowledge the people who live there. So I just, I'm just, you know, so sad that uh, how that government think about Orasi, how that can do that to the to the people who live there. Yeah. So you've mentioned that. You know your your community has a really strong spiritual connection to the forest, and you know what are some of the Taman cultural practices that depend on access to the forest for or for the forest existence. It's also as a, like a school bus. You know, we we bring our uh, children, a little little children, to, to to this forest, and we. We, we we teach them how to survive in the jungle. We teach them the the food to eat, and we teach them the historical tree, also historical area, and uh, sacred places, and also tell them the history, uh, our history, our 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 traditional history of that area, and and it's contained a lot of things. You know that's very valuable for our children, and. Without this, uh, there's no place for us to refer to, and there's no place for us to connect. And we believe that when person die, their spirit will go to the to the jungle, and that's you know, that's why we have a deep respect to the jungle. And and you personally, you know, you're a contemporary artist, and one of your well known. Um, series of work is that you use traditional weaving um, as a canvas for your paintings. I mean, will this development of the forest affect your personal art practice too? Absolutely. I think if you notice, if you study properly, actually these uh, woven pieces, uh, uh, the, the material actually form this jungle. <laughs> so it's I literally make art from this jungle. The, the medium of these uh, pieces that I did actually come from the jungle. And um, if you notice my work, I exhibited in National Gallery. I, I, I did a big uh, art installation uh, that's involving so many different type of weaving. And this uh, plant actually grew from the jungle. So it, 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 will, it will affect my, my life totally and I will of course, my life will translate to my art, and th- that's why I'm, I'm I'm afraid of you know. I, I'm afraid that that uh, will change change me to I don't know different person or something, and that's I, I don't want that happen, and and I want to have control in my future, you know. I don't want my life to be controlled because the. Because the government thinking I need to, to develop this and I need to, to change my life based on that. No, I have a right to self um, develop myself. I have the right to, to set for my future. I have the right to speak. So 
uh, I want people to, to know that I want people to practice the same right because everybody has a human right and we need to practice that. So it's about having a, a say in how um, your own life is able to go in the future. Exactly. It's not because as, as some authority control your life and by uh, encroach your life personally, uh, so control the area where you live. That's uh, that's just totally wrong. That's like you as an animal, you control them in a certain area to suit their, their agenda. And what has your community done in response to this proposed development of the area? Yeah, we, we did a street protest in earlier, I think it's in February, and we sending memorandum to the chief minister of Selangor. But, but the problem is uh, the higher people uh, try best they can to destroy that spirit of uh, fight for our right. And they, they offer so much promises. They say they will replace this forest with a new forest. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, which is to me, so crazy, you know. They're thinking, I mean, I, I don't understand why they have this desperation to, you know, to destroy, to destroy the environment. So I feel this desperation in do whatever they can just to destroy this forest. If you need a development, is there anywhere else instead this forest? Why you need to choose this forest? Why don't you go to other abandoned project, you know, unfinished project or you know oil palm plantation or, or you know any any plantation out there? What did you build there? Why you need to sacrifice the the oldest forest, forest. Why you ne- you need to destroy? And then, you know, it's so funny to for me to see others country their goal for sustainable future is you know, to protect and you know, carbon emission and you know, uh, target they need to set every year. But in Malaysia, totally opposite. They're not being part of that. Uh, set a good example for the future, uh, try to do the best they can to protect environment. No, they don't want a, a part of the natural uh, destroyer, you know. I just, I just don't get it. And yeah, so you, yeah, your, your community has protested, um, you sent a memorandum, and there was also a public town hall on the 30th of September um, where the, the, the state government you know, said that they were open to hearing views about this development. Was were there representatives from your community who went to that? Yeah, yeah. The, I think all the community in my area asked them, asked the government not to degazette this forest reserve. And yeah, even my headman of uh, my my headman of my village as well say, and it's uh, our ancestor land. And our customary land, and then we, we cannot just um, simply bulldoze that because uh, they want to build a, a development. It's, it's so ridiculous. And during the town hall itself, and it's, uh, we we get support from so many non-government organization. Also, ask the government to stop this idea of degazettement. You know, 
should just um, protect this forest, not just this gazetman. Yeah, I mean, one of the the things the Slango State Government is saying is that they plan to replace the forest reserve um, by gazetting other peat forests in Slango. What do you think of this idea? I think it's quite stupid. As it, like I said, you cannot just replace the the Kuala Langat peat forest with the and another peat forest from different area. It's not Kuala Langat peat forest anymore, <laughs> isn't it? You cannot just replace the Langat betta fish because Langat betta fish only exists in that Kuala Langat area. <laughs> right. Uh, it's it's so crazy. It's a, I just I don't get it. So why why don't just replace that vegazemin area or, or or take the uh, oil palm plantation? You know, mm-hmm. if you need to gazet, why why don't just forget this gazemin, find the other, spend some money, find some other places. Um, and so and also in 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 your community, for some people in your community, this development will actually be the second time they have experienced displacement. Some orang asli communities. Um, who live near the Kuala Langat um, Forest Reserve were actually forced to leave the area that's now the Kuala Lumpur International Airport and relocated to the area that is now near the threatened forest reserve. Can you share with us some of the reactions you've seen? How do they feel about this possible development? Yes, uh, this uh, village that you mentioned is uh, Kampung Busabaru. Kompo Busubaro used to be located near Spang area near uh, Colombo International Airport, and they make away in 1992, and they they moved to area near near this North Forest Reserve. So what I see, what I hear from from my friends, I got a lot of friends there because it's not far from my village, and for them it's quite damaging, and in terms of their spiritual and because uh, they already been through of the uh, destruction happening in their land before, and they don't want to be through that again, second time. You know, it's like how many times that they, they need to go, uh, to to make way for another development again. For them, it's just so not fair that um, they already been uh, cheated with the uh, promise composition. Before, when they when they when they agreed to move, they they've been promised with uh, so many different composition, and uh, they, the promise don't meet when they finally move in in this area, and uh, they they still have trouble on getting a title of the land since 1982. Can you imagine? And and now they end up uh, dealing with this. Uh, Problem again with this, uh, so many uh, authority and outside outside authority come to you know try to destroy their life with this uh, plan of degazement. This is so sad to see my friends like that. It's 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 a sad for me as well, you know, because I grew up with them as well, you know. They're the same age as me. Right. So, you know, some might consider some might consider this an orang asli issue. But how does saving the forest reserve relate to non-indigenous people? What would you say to other Malaysians listening in about how this concerns them too? 
Well, it's for us. Uh, I think for us as human, we need a nature in a simple, simple as that, because it's it's a, it's a, it's a necessity in a, in also part of a human to live to have oxygen to breathe. With that forest, you end up have no oxygen. Um, like I said earlier, also. If this happen, it will continue. This never gonna end. And are you gonna set that example to our children that uh, we won't have any jungle life in Malaysia? You know, you you, you need to think about that also. Mm-hmm. And the wildlife in that area, in that jungle. So where are they gonna go if you, this disagreement uh, happening? You know. Where there's so many wildlife live there, where are they gonna go? You go to the city, or you gonna kill them? And then everybody so disgusted to see so many animal abuse on the street. You know, what about this deforestation? What the deforestation done to animal? You know, even more animal being killed in deforestation. And so, do you have a time frame of when this? A decision will be made on whether this development project is going to happen. At the moment, we still have no uh, time frame. Uh, the only update we can get is uh, the the state government of Selangor still say need to be and uh, they they need to do a lot of study for this about this forest before they make decision. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. And and what can we do until that decision is made? Yes, uh, one one of our, uh, our campaign uh, now is try to get our uh, local politician MP to sign like a agreement or support this uh, movement to ask the that uh, Selangor state government not to degazette this forest reserve and ask them to sign to protect the environment. That's a simple. And uh, we need the support from the politician also. They are policy maker. If they don't uh, participate in this campaign, in this movement to protect our environment, so who else is gonna protect the environment? How can people listening in support the fight to save the Kuala Langat Forest Reserve? How uh, you can go to www.gec.org.my and uh, that uh, GEC is a global environment center. And they have a lot of information about this forest. The GAC uh, organization that managed the, the the pit forest in Malaysia and also in in Southeast Asia, they they have a lot of a good program to educate also to conserve the forest rainforest. Or you can go to a greenpeace.org. You can okay. find the information in the greenpeace. Uh, okay, so um, people can find more ways that they can get involved at www.gec.org.my or Greenpeace Malaysia. All right, thank you very much, Shark, for speaking to me. Um, I hope that people listen in and, and really think about what's at stake here if this forest is turned from a forest reserve into a developed area. Thank you for having me. And uh, last thing I want to say, we are human in this planet. Uh, without 
a green blue planet we will live like uh, in mass no tree no environment no air no oxygen and as indigenous people we coexist together with the nature for us you know no no forest no culture and no future thank you for sharing that shark yeah um i think i think this conversation has really helped me see um the deeper spiritual connection that um your community has and that maybe we should all learn from Our thanks to Shaq Koyo for joining us on this week's episode of Southeast Asia Dispatches. Next week, be sure to tune in to New Narrative's Political Agenda, our podcast series on current affairs in Singapore. This is Deborah wishing all our listeners a great week ahead. Jumpa lagi.